What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, joined by the great Aaron Torres, host on Fox Sports Radio, plus the Aaron Torres pod, and uh, let's see, owner of Aaron Torres Media, by the way. What else did I miss there, Aaron? I felt like I missed something. Not much. I do want the record to show, though, uh, Aaron Torres Media is not doing as good as it appears. Uh, That is a virtual background. It's fake. It's not real. Uh, I just had a white wall behind me, and so I didn't want people. I didn't want people staring at me like this was some sort of uh, prison video. So this was the only virtual background available. Uh, but I don't have a piano just hanging out in the background. I'm not that cool or hip or anything like Aaron, that. Aaron, you are beyond cool. I imagine at your real house you have two pianos, not just one. I like how you're on vacation too. You're just in some lodge in Tahoe with bears running, you know, running around outside and hanging yeah, out. So dodging geese left and right. I'm telling you, man, dude, living the life, bro. So, what made you want to go up there for vacation? Just uh, I, I, I go there every year at this time. So uh, go here every year at this time for a couple weeks. So kind of a getaway right before football and right before football starts uh you're getting a little bit of a vacation coming up here too as well if i'm not mistaken a couple weeks yeah uh usually uh we go away my birthday is july 6th uh my wife is july 14th and uh my sister-in-law is july 12th so we usually go around july 4th this year we couldn't make that happen so we are as you said uh a little bit before football i think it'll work out nice you know, I, I kind of get back um, and it's basically go time for football. So, yeah, I'll take off a week in uh, uh, August. And then, you know, the way that you and I operate, it's pretty much full speed ahead till April. So and, uh, and we would have it no other way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm by no means complaining. I hope it doesn't seem that way. Uh, but, yes, I'll be getting away in a few weeks uh, uh, myself. So, All right. Let's talk first. got a lot to get through this show. We're going to talk Pac-12 Media Day. We're going to talk Arizona. Aaron Torres, as everybody knows, was there for Arizona when nobody else was. That's why Aaron Torres, whenever he comes to Tucson, will never buy a meal because Aaron Torres spoke truth to power right there. I sure right. did. Uh, All right, so let's talk a little bit about Pac-12 Media Day. Um, It came and went, obviously, without a media deal. Um, Doesn't seem like there is anything in the near horizon. What what were just your takeaways from what you saw? So actually, I'm going to flip it over to you in a second because, you know, on the one hand, I'll I'll just say this, is that I, I, I think when everybody knows that the media deal is all that anybody cares about, Now, the players care about what happens on the field, and the fans care about what happens on the field, too. But if you're a fan, if you're a coach, if you're an administrator, we want answers to to what's going on. Um, And maybe they're there behind the scenes. So on the one hand, it's hard to blame Klyovkov because I get it. 
um, until a deal is done. You can't, oh, we got this with Amazon or this with ESPN or, oh, my God, CBS. We weren't expecting. So I get that you can't say that until the paperwork is signed. But I also thought the whole we're here to focus on football, which, by the way, the football product's going to be really good this year. Yes. Um, I still thought that was kind of the wrong messaging. What was your take? Because I can see both sides. It's like I get you can't say anything until the deal is done. And he said all the right buzzwords, you know, the shifting media market and blah, 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 and this and that. I just I don't know. I don't know what I would have heard that would have made me feel better. But I do think that there was probably something more that he could have said to make me feel better, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think we're kind of at the point now where people are just tired of action. I mean, people are tired of action. action, People are tired of talking. You look at the Big Ten when they got their deal done. You look at the SEC. Granted, they're on a different plateau. Then the Big 12, same way. You know, your mark came in and said, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, did X, Y, and Z. I think with the Pac-12 you're we're kind of in this at least Arizona fans are kind of in this little bit of this realm where you're kind of confused as to all right we're just talking we've heard a lot of uh we've heard a lot of commotion from presidents behind the corner about a deal right around the corner Washington State's Kirk Schultz has mentioned that multiple times going back months and you get to Pac-12 media day and I think it does a disservice to the conference mainly because um, you like you said, Aaron. You've got a great product to talk about on the field right here. This is it, for this season. I can make the case that outside of the SEC, I can easily make the case that the Pac-12 is the second best conference. I, I mean, have made the case, just so it's just so it's on the record. I have made the case, and I, I, you know, I don't know where you're at in in your preseason predictions, but I have made the case. This is the at least like one through six or seven. Honestly, I think it's no doubt. Uh, it's better than any conference, including the Big Ten. The Big Ten probably has top two or three that are really, really, really special. But right. continue. But, I, I cut you But no, you look at it, though. you got heavyweights across the board. SC right now. Utah. Oregon. Washington. Um, we get a lot of Oregon State fans in here. We'll get to you Oregon State fans here in Ooh. a second. But again, a very good product to put out on the field. And on top of that, the schools that aren't your traditional powers, like your Colorados, are impossibly fascinating because of a Deion Sanders. Can Arizona make that next step under Jed Fish? And I've made the other case, too. Aaron, this is the first time in Pac-12 history that I can remember where I look at every single uh, school and I don't think that there's, and this will sound terrible, dead weight at the coaching position. I can't look at one school and say there's no way that's not the dude right there. That's the first time I've been it. Now, again, I have no clue if Kenny Dillingham can coach. I have no clue if uh, Taylor can coach. But I also have an idea, though, that there could be potential there, where in the past we've known that some guys are probably up against it, probably not the right fit there. So you've got this great product. But you getting going into media day a year after you were already dealing with this, and you had to know that this was going to be any all that anybody was going to be talking about. And that's why I think it's disappointing that if you're really this close to a media deal, just get that thing done at some point. That's where I think it's frustrating for a lot of people. No, there's no doubt. And um, you know, I think the other thing which is very obvious, but it is worth stating, the longer there isn't a signed document, Uh, keeping all of these schools together, whether it's a short-term deal, long-term deal, whatever, the more that everybody has to look at their options. And, you know, we're recording here the day of Big Ten Media Day, and I know that the the new commissioner said we're totally focused on integrating USC and UCLA, but does something happen there? Obviously, it goes without saying the Big 12 is, is, you know, waiting in the Pac-12 waters, if you will. So that's that's the other element of it, too, is, is, again, it's tough because – 
I, I don't know what he could have said that I, other than, Hey, here's our deal. These are our three partners. Let's rock. Like, right. I don't know what he could have said that would have made me feel good, but I did think like the, we're here to focus on football. Um, you know, and then he did the whole thing of, uh, you know, whatever it was, something about uh, new. We're intentionally not announcing a deal today just so that we can focus on football when immediately a reporter from the Oregonian says, so that means that a deal is done and codified. And he says, you're reading too much into that. Well, no, you just said that. Exactly. No. And so, again, I don't like there was no perfect answer in that moment. And I do think when it was brought up again and again, he said the right things relative to what could be said. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't know it, it, that, but that was my biggest takeaway. And then obviously the on the field stuff speaks for itself. Obviously the excitement about, you know, Colorado doing what it's doing speaks for itself. Um, you know, the USC Oregon, I think is going to be really good. I think the Arizona Wildcats, you know, um, I, I think are going to be better than a lot of people think as well. So, it's a really fun league. It's sad that it's going away. Um, and I've said this on my show many times is I do hope there is a way that they, the, these 10 schools can stay together. I'm not optimistic that it can happen because I think from the football perspective, now I know we yeah. talk a lot of basketball on this show too. Basketball has got a little work to do, but right. from a football perspective, I think the, the league is probably, as you said, in as good a shape as I can really remember in a long, long time. Even that is without USC and UCLA going forward. Well, exactly. Because you look at it, Washington is a, Washington is a solid program. I think they hit the ball out of the park with the Kalen DeBoer hire. Dan Lanning feels to me like a Mario Cristobal with coaching chops. Sorry if uh, you know that upsets anyone, but Utah under Kyle Whittingham is going to be fantastic as long as he's there, obviously. So again, there's a great product to talk about. Let's talk about Arizona here a little bit. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about Colorado as well. Um, Aaron, when Jed Fish was hired, I'll be honest with you. I thought it was a bizarre hire. Um, I looked at the resume. I said, this guy basically goes from being quarterback coach to quarterback coach every single year. Um, and but when he came in here, he said, nobody will out recruit us. He said, now, listen, we might not get every player, but we're going to recruit players until the end. That was basically a, a shot saying that if Bijan Robinson is right down the street again, we will recruit him, not look for a reason. And they got it. He got the top rated defensive end in the country uh, last week. Elijah or Elijah Rushing committed to the U of A. That doesn't happen. Arizona doesn't get five-star defensive linemen. And you look at the product on the field, you go from one win to five wins. I think they're going to be in that six to seven realm win this year. I got to say, so far, so good, Aaron. I agree 100%. And, you know, it's funny because you mentioned Dan Lanning. And I think what has impressed me about Dan Lanning as a younger guy is he's come in with a plan and a blueprint and he's executing it. And that's exactly what I've seen from Jed Fish. And, right. and you know the details better on – what the NIL looks like, what the portal approach is, what the high school approach is, whatever. But there is an approach and there is a plan. Right. And it's obviously, you know, speaking for itself. I mean, you kind of uh, backfill kind of the important positions a year ago through the portal, uh, you know, with Delora and, and you know, cowing and all that. And then the, the high school recruiting is obviously as good as it's been in a long time. Uh, the portal recruit, it seems like they're in on a ton of kids that like even the, the Fagans kid that I know he ended up at USC. It's like, you know, a kid from Bama, he took an official to Arizona, right. Or an unofficial. Right, right. So yep. it's like, you know, those are the kinds of kids that, okay. An Alabama cornerback hits the portal. Okay. You know, you think you kind of know the schools that would be interested and he'd be interested in and vice versa. So 
I know there's no moral victories in sports or in recruiting, but even just getting a visit from that kid, I think speaks to the fact that, again, there's a plan in place. It's aggressive, whatever. So obviously there's a lot of things to shore up on the field, especially defensively. But I, I just have been very impressed by the, the plan and then the action that has led to the success that they've had so far. Aaron, you led me right into a tease. Arizona got an offensive tackle in this class, Robert or, uh, Raymond Polito, who is committed uh, was committed to Alabama, and they flipped him here to the U of A. We're going to have his pops on the show tomorrow. So Ooh. again, stuff that doesn't really happen. By the way, Aaron, I'm, I'm so impressed that I had that you made a little time for me and not Jamari Phillips, Dad. I feel like he's on basically. I feel like he's the co-host of this show at no. this point. I've seen him three or four times. I feel like that guy is absolutely fantastic, he's James great. Phillips. I'm, you can no be my co-host way. whenever you would like. By the way. Aaron Torres, when was the last time you went to Circle K? Have you been to Circle K lately? Uh, I have not. To be all right. Well, Circle K, make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff right now. Text PHNX to 31310. Join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free Polar Pop. 32 ounces. Head to CircleK.com slash store locator to find a Circle K near you. All right. Colorado is the school. Let's talk a little bit about Colorado with all this realignment because – uh, you and I, I think are kind of on the same page here a little bit in that Colorado is interesting because it seems that the big 12 or that seems that they're really wanted, but Colorado on the field hasn't been successful in quite a while. Um, when I was growing up in the nineties, it was a top 10 program, you know, uh, under uh, Bill McCartney, Rick Neuheisel national championship, top uh, five, 10 finishes, but it's been a while. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be fascinating to see because they're the one that certainly seems to hold a lot of the keys to where the Pac-12 is going. And I thought it was very interesting that uh, Rick George, athletic director, uh, basically snuck out of the Pac-12 media day without answering any questions, saying he had a plane to catch. Uh, where do you what are your opinions just on the whole Colorado situation right now? I assume we're not talking on the field, Dion, success. We'll failure. talk on the field in just a second, okay. but just off. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, and and I don't know if it's I it's kind of this Big Twelve um, expansion push. If if that's where they go, it's almost like I'm like the perfect person to be in the middle of the storm because on one coast you have my alma mater, UConn. I grew up in. Connecticut. Oh, we're gonna get People to UConn, know. my friend. Well, on the other hand, I now live on the West Coast, and and so. Listen, we can agree or disagree with what the candidates are, but Brett Yormark said um, at Big 12 Media Day in an interview, I think it was with On3, that he would be disappointed if they weren't at f- back to 14 because they'll technically be at 14 this right. year with Texas and Oklahoma if they're not back at 14 within a year or two. Um, and so I think that's where Colorado is going to end up long term. I guess the question that I have, and I don't know if you have a good answer to this, is I don't really understand why they're so coveted. Now, I guess the upside of of Deion Sanders is insane. And I I readily admit I talk about the guy every chance I get because he's incredible to talk about. He brings in views for sure. But he's had two surgeries in the last month. And, you know, so is he a good enough coach? And I think he probably is based on the win-loss record at Jackson State. Is he going to get enough dudes? But then is he going to stay healthy enough to see this through? And that's if you are a Deion Sanders believer, not factoring in the fact that Colorado already screwed over the Big 12 once. Right. Um, the fact that, oh, by the way, they're obviously, it goes without saying, terrible in football, but really, right. maybe there's sports, Olympic sports that I don't follow. They're, they're not very good at basketball. I mean, I guess they're okay under Tad Boyle. Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is, my opinion is, 
everything I hear is that they're primary target number one for the Big 12. And I get the Big 12 wants to expand. I guess there's some element of it's a state that they're not in. It's kind of contiguous. It kind of makes sense. But from a win-loss on the field perspective, I don't really get it, right? I mean, you even look at Texas, Oklahoma, USC, UCLA. I mean, you can criticize. You could wish that they hadn't made the moves that they did. They're pretty successful where it matters or at least big (laughs) enough brands to just – like Texas doesn't win on the field, but they're such a big brand that it's like if Texas wants to come, you got to take the call – Colorado. I mean, maybe I've been, maybe I've just been blacked out for the last twenty years. I don't really remember a lot of great Colorado football moments or bad. This is how bad Colorado is. Prior to UConn's national championship this year, in which basketball, national championship, Aaron this Torres? Last year, <laughs> UConn's last win in the NCAA tournament was twenty sixteen over Colorado with Kevin Ollie. They can't even beat Kevin Ollie in the NCAA tournament. I know he won a championship, whatever. We don't have to talk about that part. But the point I'm trying to make, I I don't get the fascination, but it is clear that that, that it's there. Um, And I I think it's going to happen, fair or not. I just don't get the fascination to be blunt. Here's what I think it is. The more, because you and I were texting about this a little bit. Here's what I here's what I think it is. I think if you're, Bre- I think Brett Yormark is looking at any way possible to pillage the Pac-12. Um, I think that he wants to get multiple schools in there, and I think that's been his goal, one of his goals from day one. I think he looks at Colorado as the easiest target at this point, and then I also think that it's almost a follow the leader type situation where if you can get Colorado in there, then it's easier for other schools to make that jump. That's just a guess because I agree with you. I mean, Dion is a phenomenon for sure, but let's just say Dion wins big at Colorado. Do you when Florida State comes calling or when another school comes calling, is Dion really going to be the dude that's going to say I'm a Colorado lifer here in Boulder? Doesn't feel like it. Sure. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. And that's why it doesn't make sense to me. Now, I sort of do disagree with what you said, because I think if if it's just a belief that they're the easy, I, I think. Most of those schools, I think Arizona, uh, you know, would probably if they said, hey, we're ready right now today. And you tell me if you think that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Arizona says like, like, let's rock, you know. And so maybe they are the only one. Maybe Arizona is the only other one. Oregon and Washington are kind of doing their own little weird thing up north. I don't really understand what their long term. I think they're I mean, I I think I know. Right. I don't know if it's going to work. I think they want to get to the pack, t- uh, the Big Ten. Excuse me. I don't know if they'll get there. Um, and Utah, I, I don't know if it, it – I'm confused on if Utah's interested or not with the BYU element to it. So maybe Arizona's the only other school that really makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of intrigued. And I'm not even like – I think it's the wrong decision. I don't know why they're just so in demand. Right. I, and I don't know if it's the right decision, the wrong decision. It's just more confusing to me than anything else. Totally agree with that. Now, speaking of the Big 12 right here, your UConn Huskies, and we're going to get to some Arizona basketball here in just a second. Your UConn Huskies, though, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of chatter about them in the Big 12. I'll say this, and I've said this from day one. I do believe, and again, I get that football is what drives everything. I totally get that. But I do believe that basketball is undervalued in, the, in all of this. If you get UConn into the Big 12 – it immediately becomes the best basketball conference in the country, in my opinion. You've got UConn, you've got Kansas, you've got Baylor, you've got Houston, you've got K-State. I can just keep going on and on down the line. And that, to me, I think is something that if the Big 12, if you can't hang with somebody in football like the SEC, get your own little uh, get your own little pocket right there. And there's a lot to be said, in my opinion, for having the best basketball conference in the country, Aaron. 
There's no doubt. And, you know, my understanding of part of that is one, it, it, it doesn't play a big role in TV contracts, but it plays a role. Um, and I think we got to remember, too, like football is a one day a week sport, you know, sometimes two or three. But for the most part, it's a one day a week sport. Basketball is six, seven days a week. I mean, you could play games anywhere, anytime, two, right. three times a week, whatever. Um, and I think the other thing that that is worth noting, and I, I mentioned this probably about a month ago, and I, I stand by it. Based on some people I've talked to, it's not only a like a puff your chest out thing of, oh, we have the best basketball conference going. Um, it's it's a strategic play by the Big 12 from this perspective is that, um, you know, there's there's talk and we don't know what's true and what's not true and what the timeline would be. But, you know, when all of the best football playing schools have conglomerated in the ACC or in the SEC and in the Big Ten, and that's probably down the road when a, a Clemson or a Florida State gets out of the ACC or whatever. Right. You know, there, there's talk of like, do those two conferences just break off play, you know, 20, you know, if they each have 20, 24 teams, whatever it is. Um, and then they just kind of do their own thing in all sports and basically say, we make way more money. We have the biggest brands. We don't need anybody else. And so my understanding is part of what your marks pitch to these schools has been is like, Hey, let's build the best basketball conference because football is still important. By the way, we have the reigning national runners up. It wasn't Michigan. It wasn't Ohio state. It, it was wasn't TCU. Notre Dame. It was TCU. Right. We play pretty good football here too. But if these two conferences try to break away, and we have Kansas, UConn, maybe Arizona, maybe Gonzaga, all those other schools you mentioned. They can't break off and really crown a national champion in the second most important sport that still generates billions of dollars in TV revenue, uh, including a billion plus dollar uh, uh, billion plus dollar contract just for the NCAA tournament alone. So if that is the reason and I've been told that it is or at least part of it, I think it's brilliant strategically for your mark now you got to pull it off you got to get UConn again maybe size things up with an Arizona a Gonzaga a whomever but I think that's part of it as well because I do I, I do truly believe that your mark believes that the big 10 or the, the big 10 that that basketball right. is undervalued yeah yeah because here's the thing I think you just hit the nail on the head it's impossible to if you have the best basketball conference in the country and again I get football rules but if you have the best basketball conference in the country it's impossible to just box them out and start your own little thing I mean, you can't box out a league that would have, uh, excuse me, uh, um, Kansas, UConn, Baylor, Arizona. I mean, you have the three la the last three national champions right there are in the Big Twelve. You can't let just me jump box in that. real quick. Yeah, let me jump in because a lot of when I say stuff like this, uh, oh, that's never going to happen. I mean, literally, Greg Sankey a year ago floated the idea of maybe we get rid of automatic bids to the NCAA tournament. Now it got right. pushed back a lot. And then he started with the, well, maybe we need to add more teams. The point I'm trying to make, if you think the powers that be in the SEC and the Big Ten, which right now do control a, a, a vast amount of the power, if you think that they're just ready to share all this money and not keep as much of it for themselves as right. possible, you're out of your freaking mind. And so right. I, I've said that, and people say, oh, you know, oh, well, they, they would never do that to the NCAA tournament. You think, you think, and Greg, Greg Sankey might not even be around by the time this happens. I don't even know what the new commissioner of the Big Ten's name is, but I bring it up to say, like, you don't, you think they care that much about, you know, forget St. Peter's and, and you know, Central Connecticut and Northern Arizona. Yeah, like, you think they care that much about schools currently in the, like, you know, maybe they care about Clemson because they bring value. Maybe they care about Florida State. Maybe they care about North Carolina, Virginia. Do they care about Boston College? Because I don't think they do. Do they care about Pitt? Not really. Right. Um, you know, you go through the Pac-12. 
Why is it that Washington State and Oregon State are the two most optimistic schools about the Pac-12 staying together? It's because they need to be. So, like, you know, and, and I think I don't blame anybody. I'm just saying, like, I think there's this notion of, like, even from the basketball, oh, there's no way they do that to the end. Yes, they would. Why they wouldn't they? Keeping all the money for themselves or splitting it 50-50 with the other conference. Of course they would if they could get away with it. Um, and that's why I think, again, it's strategic and smart for your mark to be positioning the Big 12 the way that he is. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about San Diego State. Then we're going to get to some Arizona because San Diego State, this whole thing to me is the whole situation here is fascinating. But first, if Arizona were to join the Big 12, you could have their own Four Peaks movement like the U of A Four Peaks right here. And Four Peaks is also the official brew of PHNX Sports. Four Peaks last year, Aaron, we had Azulis Tabellas, Umar Ballo, Dylan Anderson, and Henry Vasar. Two of the Peaks did their work behind the scenes, but you needed them to get the Four Peaks, like the official brew of PHNX. Check out Four Peaks Brewer, Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest on Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks right there. So I'm dumb because I thought when you were doing that read that you literally had an event in Tabellus and Balo and all of them showed up. And then it took me a while to figure out you just had four really big guys on the roster and some of them probably might not even be able to go to Fort Peaks. So. Correct. Yes. But I have seen Umar Balo many times at a Jamaican restaurant off Fort Wall, which you will go to. You should go to if you come to Tucson, by the way. I will. I'll, I'll come back. Give you the recommendation. All right. San Diego State on paper, it would have been a nice little addition to the Pac-12 because it's a solid basketball program. Obviously, it was the runner up. I think in football, it's got top 25 ish type potential. It's been solid. It looks like San Diego State's going to end up in the Pac 12, and it does not end up in the Pac 12. And not only does it not end up in the Pac 12, it has to go back and pay a bunch of fees to the Mountain West to get back in. Aaron, that whole story just fascinated me right there. Yes, by the way, one commenter says he wants to rent a place in this house. As I said, to lead the show, this is a virtual background because I have a Aaron's lying. That is his house. He's in France currently. I actually do. Yeah, I have a piano lesson in about 20 minutes, so we got to make this snappy. Um, So San Diego State, dude, I'll say this about the San Diego State deal. And I said this six, not six, but four months ago. The the San Diego State AD, who's a very sharp guy from all accounts, he was just openly talking about being part of another conference like during that final four run right. in Houston back in April. And I remember thinking at the time, like, this is very bold. And I don't know if it's very smart. Like, like I think, you know, again, Colorado, let's use Colorado as an example. They're saying all the right things publicly, no matter what they're thinking behind the scenes. Um, Arizona, all these other Pac-12 schools are saying the right things, even if they're openly considering leaving. And so you look at San Diego State, one, I'm not totally sure that I I think it's the right move to try to get into the Pac-12 because I don't know if the Pac-12 is going to exist in a couple years. But two, I was just blown away by kind of the uh, arrogance of that whole situation. And so uh, Mountain West played hardball. Mountain West basically said, uh, no, 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 no. You you asked for an extension. We took that to mean that you are ready to leave and we're going to uh, request that you pay all the money that you owe to us. And they kind of boxed San Diego State in. And, you know, I think part of it, especially for your for your audience, I mean, it's a conversation about where are we with the Pac-12 media deal, um, because obviously if there was a deal to be had, maybe San Diego State does take that 30-day window and just says, screw it, we're out. Um, But I also just am blown away by how that all played out publicly because I I just – I think the AD is very smart. I think that them as an athletic department, they've done incredible things over the last couple decades from where they started at the turn of the century. 
I thought strategically and publicly they played that about as poorly as they could. You know what it reminded me of a little bit? Everybody knows that Notre Dame would – any conference would accept Notre Dame right now. Sure. They're, the, they're the one independent because of academics, fan base, all of that. Notre Dame can – even though they're not in a conference so it's not a great comparison, Notre Dame can openly flirt with anybody because sure. anybody would take Notre Dame. San Diego State, you're exactly right, got ahead of their skis a little bit right there. I think they I knew agree. that the Pac-12 wanted them, and you're right. It was very uh, – was a very emboldened strategy when your team is competing for a national title to be talking about openly flirting let's be honest with another conference no it was and it was it was strange and like i said there are ways that privately you can move behind the scenes without saying things publicly and i'll also give credit and maybe they really had no other alternative and so it's not as big of a deal as i'm making it but i really liked how gloria navarez the commissioner of the mountain west kind of handled it um you know i called her big you know what gloria on my Mm -hmm. show because like she was just like oh you know like no you're gone you're out see ya like and you know i think san diego state from their perspective was like well we have all the leverage we just did this we just did that and essentially uh the the big uh, the the mountain west was like no no no, we're moving on without you you're gone it's fine we'll be okay we figure it out when the uh, Utah left, we figured it out when BYU left, whatever it was, and we'll figure it out again. Um, and so I really actually liked I, I hated how San Diego State played that card, but I loved how how the Mountain West kind of handled that whole situation. Now they get them for at least two more years. And they're also probably known in the at, at the end of the day, they can probably get Oregon State and Washington State to join. I'm just kidding, Oregon State and Washington State fans. By the way, Aaron, I gotta tell you say this: there's way more Oregon State fans out there than I thought there were. I didn't think that Oregon State had fans. I thought it was like the SMU type fan where you hear about it, but it doesn't exist. Oregon State fans are loud and proud. I got to give them that. I did not know that they were in such numbers. You said they they listen to the show regularly, so I was not aware of that. Um, but that's cool. That's yeah, for cool. sure. All right. Now, let's talk a little Arizona basketball. You mentioned San Diego State and uh, one uh, Keyshaw Johnson, which sure. I know that you're a big fan of. But first, let's say that you're saying to yourself, all right, I'd like to bet on Arizona right here. I'd like to bet on – here's the place that you would go for it. BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out all the show notes for details. I like Arizona with the over five wins this year, and I stand by it. Now let's hear Shane, uh, Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All right. All right. Now let's talk Keyshawn Johnson here. Um, Tommy Lloyd has obviously been a, uh, an awesome or an awesome success. Talk about redundant right there. But Tommy Lloyd has been great for Arizona. The one thing about it is I think that come the NCAA tournament, there's been some times when Arizona just hasn't been that tough. Keyshawn Johnson, a guy you and I have texted back and forth about, that to me is the epitome of the offseason overhaul. Yes, you lose a Julius Tabellis, but you needed to get tougher and you needed a player like this. Aaron, you've watched Keyshawn. What do you think about him? He's a really good player. Um, you know, first of all, and I said this when he was in the portal, like, you know, people were like, oh, you know, he played a role at, at San Diego State. One, they're like 11 deep. 
everybody sacrifices, you know, living in California, I know a lot of the the families and the people involved in that program. And like, that's just how those players are recruited and what it's about. You know, uh, it was funny. I remember talking to somebody about like, you know, if you go back and listen to the call of that Lamont Butler shot to, to, to send them to the championship game, somebody, you know, Jim Nance, who's, who's great. I mean, this isn't like a bash Jim Nance segment, but like, he's like, Oh, you know, they don't have their scores on the floor. And my, my buddy was like, Lamont could get 17 a game in the mountain West. It's just, that's not the, what he's asked to do. Right. And so with Keisha Johnson, um, you know, one, I think he's definitely more than he showed. Um, I think that's part of why he left Two he's a really good player. And I, I truly believe like if he could shoot the the three ball at a 35, 36, 37% clip. I mean, we're talking about him as probably being in the NBA, not just in this draft cycle, but probably two or three, maybe not three years ago, but probably a year or two ago. So really tough, really athletic defends his butt off. And again, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm racking my brain. And so maybe Arizona has had this guy, but I don't really remember the big wing um, that does what he does um, from a defensive standpoint and offensive too, but mostly defensive. Um, you right. know, I know Dalen, they, they had Dalen Terry, but he's a little bit of a more of a backcourt guy and all that. So I don't know that they've had a guy like Keisha Johnson in the last couple of years. I'm really excited to watch him play. Yeah. And the great thing about him too, is that he comes in there and uh, let's be honest. If we had Jack Murphy on the show was associated coach and Jack Murphy said, I believe he's going to be an NBA player. And he said, there's certain things about him that you just can't really teach. He said, first of all, he's got an amazing motor. I mean, he's going, he's going, you know, the balls to the wall the whole time. Sure. He's got to work on the shot. He has an ability to just kind of be in the right spot at the right time. And he said, he feels like a Miami heat type player. And I thought mm. that was very interesting, Aaron. Real quick, what's the early buzz on uh, Caleb Love so far? I, first of all, I love Caleb Love. Tommy Lloyd uh, said that he has done everything that uh, they hoped for and more. And uh, honestly, I, I, I don't understand this argument. A lot of people get into it where they don't believe that a player can ever change under any circumstances. If you watch Arizona and you watch Tommy Lloyd, there are a lot of players that are not uh, – you're not going to be able to dribble the ball nine, 10 times and have the defense just staring at you the whole time. Like a lot sure. of times it was a Caleb, with Caleb Love. You're going to get your three to four dribbles and your shots are going to be easier. Honestly, I believe that he's going to be the dude that's going to have the ball at the end of the games. And mm. I think that, yes, there was a risk involved, but I also do believe that when you have a player of his caliber, you take him because I think you go from being a really solid team to having potential then to go really deep in the tournament so far. So good. And I think it was a great find for him. Yeah. I mean, my takeaway, it was funny because when he committed to Michigan, my takeaway was different than when he committed to Arizona and some people, Oh, Torres, you're backtracking and Oh, Arizona, you love Arizona. No, I, I think there's a difference between going to Michigan when the program is essentially falling apart, committing a week or two after Hunter Dickinson leaves when they have like six scholarship players right. and where you you are going to be the focal point and where everything's going to go through you versus Arizona, you know, kind of being the last chance saloon where like, again, I mean, your audience knows you don't need me to tell you, but Kylan Boswell's there. Um, you know, Jaden Bradley's going to have the ball in his hands at some point and I don't think that he would have gone there and I don't think Arizona would have recruited him if they, if he 
projected or he believed that everything was going to run through him the way that it did at Carolina or the way that it was projected to at Michigan. So I haven't, once it ended up being Arizona, I wasn't as worried as others, but I, I did get a little bit of that this off season is, Oh, you, you hated the Michigan commitment, but you love the Arizona commitment. What it's a different coaching. Like, yeah. And it's two completely different systems with completely different, you know, rosters. And so, like I said, Michigan, whatever they lost three player, you know, two players to the NBA draft, Hunter Dickinson to Kansas. Like, it's a lot of a different deal than Arizona, which brings back as much as it does, but then also added as much as it did in the portal as well. I mean, Jayden, you mentioned Jaden Bradley. He's a fascinating one for me. I think there's a little bit of Keyshaw Johnson in obviously different player and whatnot, but Jaden Bradley was, in my opinion, Alabama was the most talented roster in the country last year. O- UConn was definitely the best team, so not dis- uh, not diminishing that at all, but I thought Alabama's roster just from top to bottom was insane. Jaden Bradley averaged 6-3 and three as a freshman, had some really good games against Houston. I think that he's a little bit like Keyshaw Johnson. I think at Arizona, getting 25, 28, 29 minutes per game, I again, I don't see him being a star, but I think he's going to be somebody that's going to probably average 10, 11 a game, three, four, five assists, and bring some much-needed toughness again to the backcourt. Yeah, uh, he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, I, I – I was a fan of him. Um, I understand that by the end of the year, you know, Alabama went with other guys. And part of that was just Quinterly. Uh, Arizona right. fans probably familiar oh, with yeah. him. Uh, by the way, still in college, by the way. Oh, yeah. Him and Jordan Brown, baby. Former <laughs> Two sort of former Arizona Wildcats. I mean, what a combined one year on the court. For sure. Uh, uh, they're tw- 12 years of college basketball, right. one year on the court. Together. One year on the court. One, one right. year on the court at Arizona. I mean, um, so no, like I just um, – what was what we talking about? Uh, Jaden Bradley. Yeah. yeah. So I like him. I know that he kind of fell out of the rotation, but also it was got older guys getting healthy and guys winning March. No, oh, by the way, Quinterly, we could joke about him being 25, six year player, whatever. He was awesome for them the last five, six he really weeks. really was. Yeah. And so it sucks for Jaden Bradley, but it's the reality. I think, you know, it's Arizona's benefit. I think he would have had a, a significantly bigger role if he had stayed at, at Alabama. He doesn't, it's whatever. Uh, but I'm curious about him as well. And I think there's sometimes, you know, you see a guy, McDonald's All-American, da 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 But listen, Caleb Love, McDonald's All-American, Javon Quinterly, McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brown, McDonald's All-American. Just because you're a McDonald's All-American doesn't mean you're a right. one and done and a future NBA lottery pick. And so with Jaden Bradley, I think he is a guy that if he's committed to the process can be a really good two, three-year player. The jump shot's got to improve, but he's got all the physical tools to play in the NBA. And it goes without saying a system that very much benefits. And, you know, it's going to, if he's good enough and he puts in the work and the shot gets better, he's going to have every opportunity to play himself into an NBA opportunity playing at Arizona these next few years. Yeah. And see, that's where I'm kind of at with this team. Like last year, I'll be honest. I didn't think that Arizona was a top 15 going team going into the season. And quite frankly, I think a lot of it, even though they had a lot of really good wins, I think a lot of it was kind of fool's gold, to be honest with you, because at the end of the day, if you don't have guys that can make plays off the bounce, which Arizona really didn't, I get that it's a different offense, but you need something. You know, a lot when a play breaks down, Arizona just didn't really have that. Kirk Creasa was a three-point shooter. Ramey was a three-point shooter. Pella is very good player, but can't really dribble. Um, Azulis was that dude, but Azulis also, I think, was probably more cut out not to be at alpha at the end this year's team i don't know how good they're going to be but i don't think that for the princeton game will ever happen again at least with this roster that's where i think that's where i'm excited to at least see yeah first of all i i agree that they probably overachieved a little bit last year um and two i'll say this is like i know that 
it seems cliche, but I do think there is something to guys that can just make plays off the dribble that don't need a play called for them, whatever. Um, It's funny, you know, Kentucky, uh, you know, a couple disappointing years, but Calipari hasn't had the same level of talent. Now there's an argument about, you know, are you really a hall of famer if you need the best players every single year? But why I bring it up, they just finished a summer tour and they did have the number one recruiting class in the country this year. And they look like a completely different team right. because they have two or three guys now that can just beat you off the dribble and get to the rim and either get fouled, make a layup, kick it out, whatever. And it, I, like, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in whatever, just covering the sports that we do, um, that you kind of forget some like nuance and, and basic fundamentals. And I think I did forget like how, how much easier it makes life when yeah. you just have a guy that can create for himself. And to bring it back to Arizona, they probably have three of them now if you include Boswell in that mix along with the two transfers that we mentioned. All right, before we sign off, let's talk about the conference a little bit because, again, I can nerd out on all of this for a million hours. But, again, Pins and Aces, by the way, right here. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel of PHNX and All City. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code word PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Aaron, up in Tahoe, I plan on going golfing uh, in the next couple days. That's why I need to be wearing my Pins and Aces. podcasting, dude. Take a day off, man. For sure, man. My games suck, so I need to at least be good and look like I know what I'm doing when I walk on the court. That course, that's why I'm going to have pins and aces right there. All right, let's talk about the conference here a little bit. We just talked about in football. Um, everybody seems to have a coach that they can rally behind, or at least a coach that you can be excited about, even if you don't know. You look at the Pac-12 basketball coaches right now, and. I'll say, I mean, because you're a national guy, I'm a local guy, so I don't want to get you into a bunch of trouble here. No. So I'll say it, and you can go with it. You got a lot of dead weight right here. Okay. We know so we got to- so coaches that we truly believe in, Tommy oh. Lloyd, and we'll take out UCLA and USC for sure. They're not there. Tommy, Tommy Lloyd, Lloyd, and um, I, you know who the other one is? Who's Mark that? Mark Madsen, and that's I love probably that. it. And that showed me to be, and I'm glad you went with that. That showed me too the commitment that Stanford doesn't have to being good. Because Jared Hass to me, again, you, 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 we know what Jared Hass is at this point. Great dude. Not that guy. How in the world do you not hire Mark Madsen right there? That he would have taken the job for peanuts. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, he would have poured everything into it. He would have reinvigorated a fan base. I, I love that hire for Cal right there. Yeah, but it speaks to, I mean, if a guy who's never coached a game in the conference and a guy who – also, I don't think he's ever won a tournament game. He was at Utah Valley. They made a run in the NIT this right. year, whatever. Um, probably doesn't speak well to the conference. I mean, listen, I'm not a Kyle Smith guy. You can't sell me on these analytics. At some point, you need dudes. I'm sorry. Whatever. For sure. Mike Hopkins, definitely not a Mike Hopkins guy. Right. Uh, Dana Altman, out on that guy. I think he's just way too reliant on the portal. I think he doesn't really have – you know, we talked about Jed Fish having a plan, Dan Landing have a plan. Right. I don't. I don't think – Dana Altman has a plan at all. We're going to know for sure this year because he's got a whole new roster again, like you said. A whole new roster every year. For sure. I mean, you're at some point you got to be good again. And these these last two years, they've been terrible. Let's just be honest. Plus, they've looked very poorly coached. And people could say, well, you know, he's got all these different players. It's his. He's the one that brought these dudes in. I mean, so again, yeah, totally agree. Keep going. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State, we know what that is, despite the the magical Elite Eight run in the bubble, uh, which is kind of like one of the great outliers in the history of sports. For sure. Uh, Stanford, we don't believe in. Right. Arizona State, I know like it's weird because historically 
that you know this is like as good as they've been but come on bobby hurley let's let's stop with that so who am i missing colorado i don't believe in tad who i like and i get beat up a lot for this and sheer thinks this guy stinks and i've always stuck up for him and i continue andy enfield i'm not i'm not saying andy enfield's a great x's and o's coach but think about it this way under usc basketball with andy enfield you know one thing that you're probably going to win 24, 25 games. You're going to have a wildly long and athletic roster, and you're going to finish in the top four in the conference. If I'm USC, I sign up for that every day of the week. I don't think people realize USC is literally in the midst of the greatest run in the history of their basketball program right now. Like right. that's not hyperbole. That's 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 factually correct. And here's the stat that I always throw around. Okay, so they made their first tournament under Enfield in 2016. So 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 23. So that is, I'm going to do this really quick and it's bad podcasting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. They've made, how about this? They've made five NCA tournaments, 2020, they would have, which would have been six. And then, oh, by the way, they were literally the first team out of the field in 2018, I believe, whatever right. it was. So you're talking about an eight year stretch where they're one law, they're one win and one pandemic away from going to seven NCAA tournaments in eight years. They get one more win that previous year, that year that they missed in 18, and there's no pandemic in 2020. They're going seven out of eight years. That's insane at USC. And I I live here. I I can tell you, and, and they would probably get mad at me for saying this, but it's the truth. Nobody cares. Like I actually feel bad for them. I think they've done everything they can. Um, I actually think Mike Bone, (laughs) you know, rest in peace to his career. I thought he was doing a very good job of creating interest in the program. Um, It's it's I don't know if you've ever been there, Mike. It's oh, I've been there. Are we talking the Galen Center? Yes. I've been to the Galen Center four times, and each time I had a story about how unimpressed I was by it. Yes, it's an impossible arena to get to, especially during the week. Um even on the weekends. And oh, by the way, you're right. I forgot about that. That was one of the stories that was impossible to get to. It's impossible to get to in the middle of downtown, by the way, it's right next to the Coliseum. So remember there was a two or three year stretch where whenever the Rams played, they couldn't play on the weekend. They were screwed. I remember one time they played a good team on a Sunday and it was like, right as the Rams were getting out, it was, you know, it was impossible to find part. They have so many things working against them and all they do is make the tournament every year. And by the way, that's the ceiling for some teams, right? You know, you, right. you look at, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but like Auburn, like uh, they made a final four. Okay. Maybe they're a bad example. Like Alabama, Alabama is a perfect example, right? I think they've made two elite eights in the entire history of the program. And it's like, you know, Nate Oates loses as a one seed, you know, he loses in the sweet 16 a few years ago to UCLA. It's like, Oh, that was a disappointing year. No, for Alabama, that's freaking incredible. You've got to look big picture and where you're coming from. Not yes, exactly. And so, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to take this up with Sheer here next time I see him or talk to him, but do it. But I mean, come on five tournaments in in eight years, plus a canceled tournament would have been six. Plus they were the first team out in one other year. Like, and again, this is USC. This isn't UCLA. It's not UCLA where, you know, Steve Alford makes however many sweet 16s and still gets fired. Like this is USC. I I think he does a really good job. But again, to the kind of the football point, they're not going to be there in a year. So I don't even know if you can include them. I will say this really quick. Uh, I do think Craig Smith is good. I I don't know if it'll click or why it hasn't clicked yet. He passes the eye test initially as far as his teams go. Not overly talented, but they look structured. They look like they know what they're doing. Well, what was it? Two or three years in a row at Utah State, he made the NCAA tournament. I think that was another one. I think he made it two years in a row, plus they won the Mountain West the year that the tournament was canceled. 
So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think he'll figure it out. So anyway, uh, but the point, I, it, this is the whole point of the conversation is there's not, there's a lot of dead weight in the Pac-12. And I, I don't mean to be disrespectful. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. There's just not a lot of good coaching in that league right now. All right. What's your take? What's your take on the conference? Who do you think wins the conference in basketball? I mean, you back in the A? I may have to back the A. You know, I'll say this and and knock on wood, everything's okay. I wasn't as high on USC as others, even pre Bronny. Right. Um, and we're recording after all the news. So like whatever, but I, I think it's reasonable to say that he might never play for USC this year. Um, I know Iwachuku came back and all that, but I don't think you can expect him back and expect him to be the guy. Uh, and I'll say this, like he was an important part of who they were. And, you know, I'll, I can tell you definitively. You don't run off guys like Trey White. I mean, runoff might be a strong term, but you don't run off players of that caliber without expecting Brawny to be in there playing 28, 29 minutes per game. I'll tell you, it's actually the exact opposite is they weren't recruiting Bronny. Like, like people, there's this myth that it was always going to be USC until Trey White and Restics and Waters left. Like they, they kind of just, they weren't, it's not that they weren't interested. It was just, we can't bring in Bronny to be our eighth or ninth guy. Right. And so I just bring it up because with those two guys gone, uh, Bronny, it was going to play a very big role. And listen, I think everybody listening knows, but I'll give the, the, the disclaimer, his health is what's most important. That's all we care about. But this right. was a basketball-related question. And so to answer your question, I might have to back the A on this one because UCLA, we're going to learn a lot about Mick Cronin in these next few years because all of Steve Alford's guys are gone, which is crazy to think about. Right. Uh, USC is obviously on the way out, but but I think Bronny was a big part of what they do. I don't trust Tad Boyle. I don't trust Dana Altman. I definitely don't trust Mike Hopkins. By the way, is UCLA still going to add some pieces? There's like mixed rumors on if they are or not. A couple I mean, international pieces, yeah. They're a quarter system school, so they can, in theory, add guys later than most. But I don't know. You know, you hear different things. I don't know what's the truth and what's not. Right. All right. One last thing. Factor meal kits. This is my first read on this. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for something wholesome and convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up right there. How to? Fa- All right, now head to factormeals.com uh, slash uh, wildcat, or let's see, uh, PHNX Wildcats 50 to get 50% off. That's code, again, PHNX Wildcats 50 at factormeals.com slash uh, PHNX Wildcats 50. Check it out right there. I might get one of those while I'm ducking geese on the beach right here. Okay, but, tough life. All right, Aaron, where are you? Speaking of which, when are, you gonna, when are we going to see you on uh, D- Doug Gottlieb again, man? You were awesome. I don't know. Whenever Doug decides to take some time off, I'm sure he'll take some time off again before the end of the summer. Doug does a lot of coaching and stuff too, so you know he's got international events. He was coaching like Team Israel a few summers ago, right. so I, I was in for him for like two weeks at a time. Um but Doug's great. You know, yeah. he, uh, we've had Doug on the show many times. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He knows so, his hoops, man. Right. All right, my man. As always, again, follow Aaron Torres, host of Fox Sports Radio, plus the Aaron Torres pod. Again, Aaron Torres, backs the A. We appreciate him. Aaron, you have a great time, and we'll talk to you soon, my guy. All right. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Okay, Mike? All right. For Aaron Torres, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.